we'll start reading there. It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away and of his own lust and enticed. And then when he lusteth, he hath conceived it and bring forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, and every gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with which there is no variableness, neither shadow or turning. Of his own will he beget with the word of truth that we should be kind a kind of first fruits of his creature. So that word there, the phrase there, the crown of life, what does that, what does that mean? Well, I believe verse 12 kind of gives a, a really good you know, bit of information there. It says, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised them that love him. So we talk about, we talk a little bit about overcoming. You know, I've mentioned that several times. What what does it mean to overcome? Well, it says, blessed is he, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. The things that we struggle with in this life, the, the things that we <clears throat> see so happen in this world. This is the reward for the person that overcomes that temptation. Those things in life that, that uh, most men are led, led away by. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. This crown of life is mentioned in, in just, just a few places and very um, indirectly in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. In verse 23 of chapter 9. It says, And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now uh, now they do uh, excuse me, now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep my body uh, under my body, and bring it into subjection, lest that it, by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. So, Brother Paul mentions this in, in a couple of these verses here. He says, and I do this for the gospel's sake. He was mentioning that he was a servant there in the previous verses there from 19 on uh, to all men, to Jews and to Greeks. Um, let's just back up there and read those, those other verses there. It says, For though I be a free, a free from all men, yet I have made myself a servant unto all, that I might gain the more. And unto the Jews I became a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, and to them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. And to them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. And to them that are weak, I am as though weak, that I might gain the weak, and I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. 
But that was just a precursor to that statement, that last statement in the part of chapter 9 there that we read in 23 through 27. The importance of this was that competing in a way that we can, we can win the race. So we know by definition, according to the Olympic Games, that when you compete you and you win, there's a medal, isn't there? Well, typically in the old Olympic Games, you'd get a wreath, which they put on, a laurel wreath, which they put on your head, which didn't take long for it to wither and die, didn't it? But he says there, but, but we and incorruptible. So the point is, is that we overcome this life to a point that we might receive the incorruptible crown or the crown of life. Well, I don't know. I, I think of this in a way that the crown of life is, is when the Lord, the Lord's return and we are judged according for our works and we've overcome this life and we receive a crown of life. Being as saints in, in the Lord. So Paul was trying to get them to understand with terms that they can understand, competing that you might win the race. Run so that you may obtain. He's not talking about running. He's talking about our service to the Lord so that we might receive the incorruptible crown. He says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the ear. But what does he say? But I keep my body... And bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. That was, his, that was an important thing for him, Paul, to keep his body under subjection. Why? Because if he practiced just as other, other people practiced in, in this flesh life, then he wouldn't be any better than those that didn't qualify for the life. So he kept himself vigorously exercised in the word. And I had one other place here. It's very, very short. It's more like a devotional tonight. <laughs> but I, As the way you read that, it almost is like a title. That's what it seems like, yeah, doesn't it? It's more like a title, yeah. It, it's very interesting. That's very funny. It did it to me again. There was one other place I had that, that put. Oh, Revelations chapter 2 was the last place. Yeah, it's almost like it almost seems like a title, doesn't it, as as it's read there. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Let's see here. <clears throat> Bird, uh, starting in verse eight of chapter two of Revelations. It says, And unto the church of Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. I know thy works and tribulation and poverty. But thou art rich, and I know that the blasphemy of them which say that they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. 
Behold, the devil shall cast out, cast some of you into prison, and that they may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, and he that overcometh shall not be heard of the second death. I know we're familiar that Revelation has a lot of cryptic things that it says. Uh, and I'm not a very good student of the book of Revelations, I will readily admit. But that word crown of life, you see it there in verse 10. He says, fear not, fear none of these things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast out some of you into prison, and that ye may be tried, and ye will have tribulation ten days. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So, we know in this particular chapter that he writes to the seven churches of Asia Minor there. But particularly with Smyrna, he addresses what? He addresses some, some trials and tribulations that they're going to face there, or that they were facing rather. And he says there, ye shall have tribulation 10 days. I don't know what that period is referring to, if it's physical 10 days or if it's metaphorical. Um, but nonetheless, it's a period of time. But he says there, he encourages them, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. We know these are the words of Christ there in this prophecy, but a crown of life. It says in the concordance that I, or the, in the commentary that I have, it says the Greek crown or garland of green leaves was given to the winners in athletic events, of course, referencing James 1 and 12. Also, it provides the, the crown of life to the believers who persevere under trial. So we know a great deal according to the, to the gospels and some accounts that these apostles and disciples in various accounts in the scripture, that they all suffered persecution. And what was the outcome of their faith? Well, that they did as the Lord promised them and they obtained the crown of life. I think the point is, is for in this present life is that we have, even though we have difficulty, we have trials, we have tribulations, we have things that tempt us. The point is for us to be focused on the Lord and serving him and overcoming these difficulties that we will see in this life and experience that we might obtain the crown of life or the outcome of, outcome of our desire to serve the Lord is that we obtain salvation in Christ. It's not just a temporary fleeting thing, but something that is lasting. Let's see here. <clears throat> I've got one other place I'm looking for. Look at 2 Peter chapter 2. <clears throat> 2 Peter chapter 2. That's verse 19. Let's back up. Let's see here. Let's start in verse 1 there. We can read a little bit. 
Verse one of chapter uh, of of chapter one of second second Peter it says Simon Peter, servant and apostle of Christ Jesus, to him to them that be obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto all things that pertain unto this life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and God in his brotherly kindness and a brotherly kindness love. For if these things be in you and abound that ye make that make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord Jesus and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will not be neglected, uh, negligent, excuse me, to you, to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and established in the present truth. Yeah, I think it met, uh, meet as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up into putting you in remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has shewed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able to, uh, after my decease, to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we have been made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice from him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye will all dwell that ye take heed as unto the light that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn and the day star arises in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy cannot come in the old time, but, in the, but by the will of man. But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit." a long reading there but it's got lots of applicable things to what we're talking about in the crown of life so he says there <clears throat> in those first couple verses he says according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue whereby are given ex exceeding great precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Sounds to me a lot like a crown of life. 
having overcome the difficulties that we've seen. And we'll see. I know we talked about it. There's not a, there's a lot of wicked and evil things that go on in this world presently, and we see it changing as every day goes by. We hear reports of things that happen. We see things that happen. But those things shouldn't scare us. But we should, through the same expectation here, draw our power from Christ. This is why. He says, because there are, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises that by, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption of this world through lust. But then he goes on, and besides this, and he lists these, these things, diligence, add your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, knowledge temperance, Temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, and brotherly kindness, love. Those are the, those are the fruits of, of, of serving Christ. Those wonderful blessings that we derive from one another and we encourage in one another through the study of the word and through spending time together and how we um, seek to put ourselves under being subject unto Christ. He says in verse 8 there, as a result of those attributes, he says, For if these be in you and abound, they, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If we have put on Christ, then the world will see those things, the world will see those things in us. But he says there. He says, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. I laugh, Sister Karen. I think talking about my having my glasses off. Short-sighted. <laughs> you can't see much past, <laughs> you know. But the the illustration there is pretty is pretty clear. No pun intended. <laughs> He says, but he that lacketh these things is blind. We, we see a lot of folks in this world that profess to be Christians and that don't live the life, right? We also see the things that they, they labor in and the things and the fruits that it produces. What you can clearly see is not something that Christ would allow. It's because those people have forgotten to put off their old life. Like we talked about over in 1 Corinthians when Paul said he puts his body in, under subjection. I keep telling myself this and y'all tell me this to y'all. Donna tells me this a lot. If I keep drinking sugary sodas, what's going to happen? My sugar is going to continue to go up because I, I, I just can't drink them that much. So I'm trying to change it. I'm trying to drink diet drinks. And my goal is to eventually just drink water and unsweet tea, which is what I, which I used to do quite a long time ago. So if I don't put off those old things, what's going to happen? Well, I'm going I'm to become a pretty bad diabetic, I'm pretty sure. And all the cookies and sugary sweets that I love to eat. 
If I eat those all the time, then I'll, there's no doubt about it. I'll be a diabetic. So the illustration is the same here. He's talking about you compete within those, when those confines of a race. Well, you condition yourself, you strengthen yourself, you eat a certain diet, you follow a regimen. You know, serving the Lord, if we commit to serving the Lord and we go out and dabble in the things of the world and then come back and do those things, we're not going to be a very fit Christians, are we? Serving the Lord. That's the aspect that that, that Brother Paul and, and the writings here in Peter and over there was that we are to compete as though we are working for this crown of life, which that's what we should be doing. And so the... The outcome of that is what? Second Peter two nineteen. <clears throat> it says, While they promise them liberty, they themselves are servants of corruption. For of whom a man who of, of for of whom a man is overcome, of the same he has brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, and the latter wind is worse with them than in the beginning. For it has been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to its own vomit again, and the sow is washed to her wallowing in the mire. So, those that have turned to serve the Lord and then have gone back to those things, he says, "What? It does not. It does not profit them any, does it?" <clears throat> I've always marvelled at that verse there about the pig returning to the mud. And the dog puts on vomit. I won't go into the dog vomit thing because I just can't. <laughs> I think my stomach might turn. But <clears throat> but if we get cleaned up to do something and we go back and we just jump right back into what, to what we were doing, what happens? We're defiled again. We're dirty again. What's the purpose of that? We've set ourselves apart for serving the Lord. We've committed ourselves to doing that. It's better for us to continue doing that than to stop and go back to what we were doing in our old life. Before I served the Lord, that was, I don't want to go back to that life. Neither, neither, neither should we. So let us remember about the crown of life and subject ourselves to the things of the Spirit and the things that would bring life. I hope this has been encouraging for you all this evening. Any questions or comments? As one of my former pastors used to say, parting shots. <laughs> if not, we'll all stand to be dismissed. I think it's been a pretty good weekend. I'm pretty I'm pretty sore though. <laughs>